Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. On January 11th, 2022, the EPA renewed the registration of the Enlist 1 and Enlist 2 herbicides. The new registration came with a set of additional controls, restrictions, and label changes as part of the EPA's review. In today's episode, we're going to summarize those changes and talk about how they might impact growers and applicators. To begin, let's talk about why the Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo herbicide labels were re-registered. So, all labels, state or federal, are only valid for a certain amount of time. That's not an infinite amount of time because what needs to happen is that the EPA needs to have the ability to assess at regular intervals any modifications that need to be made based on new information that comes out, new dangers or benefits that a particular pesticide or herbicide has in the marketplace, as well as implement any changes in philosophy that these regulatory bodies may have between relabeling. Additionally, Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo were originally registered without yet needing to complete a certain data package that would have to comply with the Endangered Species Act. The Endangered Species Act's requirements and guidelines were the cause of the majority of this year's label changes. So to summarize how this came to be, let's look at what those findings were in the actual data package itself. So what the EPA found in the review of the Endangered Species Act data package was that the use of these herbicides are likely to have adverse effect on species that are federally listed as being threatened or endangered. This could be the result of the herbicide or its components directly impacting the species or through the destruction or adverse modification of their designated critical habitats. Likely to have adverse effects is a designation that these different herbicides can get through a really strict set of guidelines. And so what happens is that as these studies are being performed, if even a single subject, animal or plant, whatever it might be, has an adverse reaction to the herbicide or its components, then that designates that the herbicide has likely to have an adverse effect. So designating the LAA designation for that particular animal or plant, whatever it might be. This could be a type 1 error, as it's defined in statistics, or also known as a false positive, or it could be real, being that it's just a single animal. It could be a single animal out of hundreds of honeybees or whatever it might be that may or may not be real, and that's why future data packages are required to see the ongoing effects or necessity to have those provisions within the label. Also, the EPA's ecological assessment found risks to non-listed and listed plants due to runoff of the herbicide which would likely cause risk or harm to animals that rely on those plants for diet or habitat. So if the herbicide itself were to wash off of a field into a stream or a gutter or whatever it might be and harm any of the plants that that endangered species feed on, then that can provide or cause an adverse effect to those particular species. Now, finally, the EPA identified direct effects to bees and listed species that utilize corn, cotton, and or soybean fields for their diet and or habitat. So any animals that actually go into these soybean fields, cotton fields, corn fields, whatever it might be that might be sprayed with Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo, if they're feeding on those plants or utilizing those plants in the fields as habitat, then that means that we need to keep an eye on those and make sure that we minimize any impacts that the application of the herbicides have. So 
what are some of those ways that the federal label has asked the registrant, Corteva, to mitigate these impacts? And so really what the efforts come down to are reducing the amount of the herbicide that would go off target. So meaning that anything that would come off of the field and impact the habitat of these species through runoff or whatever that might be. And so specifically what the label does is that the label says now that if rainfall is expected within 48 hours and the soil is no longer able to absorb water, then application of Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo is prohibited. Additionally, if you have irrigation, irrigation is prohibited if it could result in runoff within 48 hours of application. So what you don't want to do is spray the field and and irrigate that field immediately after and cause runoff either through flood irrigation or some other means that could end up in local streams, ditches, whatever it might be. Also, what the USDA or the EPA rather is requiring uh, within the label is that growers and applicators need to accumulate a certain number of quote-unquote points which would uh, reduce the amount of runoff. And so these points, is they're basically a way you accumulate a certain number of activities that reduce runoff and have to add up to a certain amount based on what hydrologic soil group your particular soil is in. So hydrologic soil groups are usually defined as A, B, or C, where A and B are your little bit sandier, loamier soils that have good water infiltration and aren't necessarily going to have a whole lot of runoff of, off of them, whereas the groups C and D are going to have a higher clay content, and therefore water infiltration is going to be lower, and you're more likely to have runoff that's going to end up somewhere other than the field itself. So in hydrologic soil groups A and B, you need to accumulate four or more credits, whereas C and D need to accumulate six or more, and these can be accomplished through a couple of different various measures. So first of all, through limited or reduced numbers of applications of Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo, where if you only apply Enlist 1 once or Enlist Duo once in the season, you get four points, four credits, and that goes down for each application that you you apply. Reduced tillage and or no-till situations are going to also accumulate up to four points. Having vegetative filter strips, field borders, grassed watered ways, are ways that you can increase the buffer around the field itself and therefore get rid of any of the herbicide as it runs off or may potentially run off. And then contour farming is also a measure that provides some credits towards these point totals that are required. So to minimize the use of Enlist products when soybean or cotton crops are in bloom is another method that the EPA is requiring. And this is basically to reduce the impact of the herbicide on the pollinators themselves, such as honeybees. When the soybeans are in bloom, you don't necessarily want to have a whole bunch of bees in the field and directly spray them with the herbicide. That's probably going to have some detrimental effects. And so that's why the label has now been adjusted to only allow the application through R1, but not to R2, as it used to be allowed in, in the previous label. Additional training will also be required from the registrant, Corteva, along with training materials which address the importance of protecting pollinators such as honeybees and monarch butterflies. So, you know, these are all measures that basically are designed to help reduce the impact of the herbicide itself on any of those habitats, endangered or threatened species that are listed by the EPA or the Endangered Species Act. 
And so there's also a couple of other areas within the United States where there are some more critically threatened species and or their habitats are threatened and may be of a larger impact uh, than, than elsewhere in the United States. So for that reason, the new Enlist 1 and Enlist 2 herbicides have actually off-labeled, meaning that they took the, a certain set of geographies off the label and have prohibited any application of Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo. These off-labeled counties within the Rob Seco trade area are generally in south-central South Dakota, central Nebraska, southeast Kansas, and eastern Oklahoma. Within these counties, Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo may not be applied. We've been told that a new data package has been prepared and that it may provide evidence supporting the relabeling of these counties, but as of right now, they're off-label until we are otherwise told and until the label is otherwise amended. And so not all is lost in these counties in particular because you can still plant Enlist E3 soybeans. You just can't spray them with Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo within those counties in Nebraska, South Dakota, and Kansas and Oklahoma. So this brings us to the last section of the episode, which is how do these changes actually impact you as a farmer or an applicator? For most applications in most geographies, really not a whole lot changes. I mean, there have already been, most applications occur before the end of R1. Uh, Most of the time, there's no issues of runoff or saturated soils. You'd have enough credits from any sort of a runoff uh, potential mitigation that you wouldn't have to worry about it. And really, it's not going to cause a ton of issues for most people. But the biggest change will be that if rain is forecasted in the next 48 hours, you should either hold off on your spraying, or if time isn't going to allow that and weeds are likely to get away from you by the time you can get back in, you should probably omit the Enlist herbicides from the concoction to just get that application done and complete so that you you don't get weeds that get out of control. Also, Enlist D3 soybeans will have the shortened application window to protect the pollinators, and therefore in situations where spraying season gets a little bit on the later side and, and you're pushing up against that R2 window or R2 last date of application, you should really try to get things done or consider using post-herbicide applications that don't include Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo that will allow you to apply through R2. Finally, the most impacted geographies will be those geographies that are off-labeled by the new labels. So a strong herbicide program will be critical for these geographies in order to get around not having that additional tool in your tool belt with Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo. So to do that, what we strongly recommend, and we actually have a set of materials that are available that uh, would, would help reinforce this, this is the best herbicide management strategies for soybeans and enlist off-labeled counties material. But what we recommend is starting clean with tillage or pre-plant burn down. Apply a soil applied residual herbicide with one or more motive, modes of action, depending on the expected weed spectrum and pressure, and do that before the crop emerges. And then in season, so after the crop emerges, apply a post-emergent treatment that includes glyphosate, if your weeds are mostly grasses, or glufosinate for a mixture of grass and broadleaf weeds. Consider using additional modes of action depending on the size or type of weeds present. And remember, always follow and read label directions. And also, 
pay attention to guidelines on the use of AMS and or any other surfactants as those will drastically help hinder or alter your weed control as well as any crop injury that you may uh, uh, experience from some of the application of these herbicides with AMS or other surfactants. Now, to summarize, what we've talked about today is the January 11th label change or label re-registration of the Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo herbicides. These labels have basically made a little bit more um, stringent around the Endangered Species Act to protect certain species within their habitats or food sources. And so the label has been altered in order to help protect these species through the reduction of runoff of the herbicide after application, as well as protection of critical species in habitats within counties in the Rapsico trade area uh, within south-central South Dakota, central Nebraska, southeast Kansas, and eastern Oklahoma. Now, you can pretty well work around each of these issues or each of these changes within the label through planning ahead by either applying earlier in the season, uh, applying a better residual program, or just watching the rainfall as, as seeing if there's anything coming up in the next 48 hours to avoid application in those windows. Otherwise, there's really not a whole lot that's changed in the label. And so with that, what we want to make sure is that everybody does follow the label directions so that we can keep this technology around so that we don't develop resistance and that so we also have happy farmers and happy endangered species. Anyway, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.